Hello there. You are listening to Jelly and Bean, and this is a show where we talk about all manner of geek topics, tech, movies, TV shows, games, more. It's hosted by none other than Brandon Maines, an unlikely hero from the distant lands of the United States, and myself, Jelly, a.k.a. Daniel Farrelly, an Apple fanboy with a heart of gold. Today is Friday, the 29th of November 2013, and this is episode 53. Hello, Bean. Hello, Jelly. So, this week, or this past weekend, not the, not the coming weekend, but the past weekend, was the, uh, was the 50th anniversary of Doctor Who. Uh, specifically, it was the Saturday, um, and so... In the in the UK, they uh, they broadcast a, uh, a a special that they, they'd created just for the occasion uh, to you know to celebrate, I guess. Right. Uh, bringing together three doctors, one of which is kind of brand new, I guess, but but not. I don't know. It's it's kind of weird in that. Instance. Well, I want to say I think it brought together more than just three doctors. I mean, mostly ah, the three, but there yeah you know, there were some. Uh, actually, well, I mean, there, there was, if you, if you look at, for instance, uh, there was a, 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 a video, I guess, I, I can't really call it a special. There was a video called the five-ish doctors reboot, which brought together basically a lot of people that couldn't be in the actual, uh, the actual special, right? It had some of the former doctors. So Sylvester McCoy, Colin Baker, Paul McGann, uh, and Peter Davison. Uh, or Davison, I guess, is actually the correct way to say it. Um, they were they were all in there in some form or another. Okay. Uh, it also had some some of the kids of the the previous doctors. Uh, it had uh, obviously Matt Smith, Jenna Coleman, uh, and uh, and uh, David Tennant in there as just a as a thing. Uh, also had Georgia Moffat, who is David Tennant's wife. It had assistant directors and directors and all that sort of stuff. It had Peter Jackson in there, had uh, Sir Ian McKellen, uh, who has been in uh, the uh, in Doctor Who previously. Uh, it had a huge amount of people, and there's a, there's a list on Wikipedia, and I might link to that in the show notes. It's just kind of a silly, like, it's a silly thing where, you know, the, the three of the Doctors decide that they want to be in the, uh, in this special, and they keep, you know, they keep trying to find ways of getting in there and and uh, so yeah this this is a video following their little adventure on that um it was written and directed by Peter Davison and uh yeah it was uh it was kind of funny it was kind of good and uh you know worth a watch it's not it's up on the BBC iPlayer for free and it's about i don't know half an hour long or something like that i don't know okay um we'll we'll throw a link to that as well um, yeah i i, as, I didn't know, even because i, I didn't even hear about that so I'm learning things, Shelley. There's there is a whole bunch of stuff that you can watch up on the BBC's iPlayer. You go to the Doctor Who uh, page and stuff like that, and it'll have a list of stuff. Um, if you go to the link that I'll throw in the show notes, uh, you will be able to uh, watch. Um, you'll you'll be able to you know basically play through to other stuff uh, from there as well. So yeah, woo! Uh, but most importantly. I think uh we had uh we had on on the Saturday we had the uh the day of the doctor which uh as we talked about last week was the you know the the special uh for uh, the 50th anniversary and um I was out of town for uh for the weekend so I didn't get to watch it immediately I was busy with uh my other podcast mobile couch doing a live episode and uh, so came back on the Monday uh, evening and pretty much watched it on the Monday evening. Um, <laughs> you know, I got back at like I think we started watching it at like twelve because by the time it had downloaded and all that sort of stuff and was ready to watch, right? Um, it took a while, um, but glad I did because you know then I could finally get back on on social media and stuff, <laughs> not be spoiled. And uh, no, it it was I reckon it was great. What did you think? I very much enjoyed it. Uh, like it it was the right amount of um scenes that made you tear up and see, scenes that made you laugh 
it, it had the I guess the the right um the right ratio of emotions going on. I think it was really well written. Yeah. Um and and this is this is kind of funny because in the reign of uh Russell T Davies uh who is the was the showrunner when you know when they brought back the 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 series uh in 2005 and pretty much he lasted all the way up until the end of Tenant's reign. Um when he was at the helm Stephen Moffat, who now is the showrunner um, and became the showrunner, you know, has been the showrunner for the entirety of Matt Smith's uh, stint as the Doctor. Stephen Moffat was probably one of the best staff writers that they had. Um, you go back and watch some of his episodes, like uh, the the uh, the one the li- the one that's based in the library where we first meet River Song. Um, there was the there was an Eccleston episode. A double episode that was based in like World War Two. Are you my mummy? Yeah, that one. Yeah, he he does all the scary ones. I think is what you're trying to say. <laughs> no, but he does some of the best written ones, right? Mm. He, like his episodes were really well written, and you know they had a lot of this whole thing where it's you know really good ratio of you know funny stuff to you know scary stuff, um, and it was it they, like his episodes were great, but having taken over as showrunner. I think a lot of people, myself included, you know, have found his writing to be a little bit lacking uh, as opposed to, you know, as when you compare it to his previous stuff. And it's, I mean, for a lot of people, it's been, you know, it's been kind of, uh, you know, very, dis- it's been, well, it's been very disappointing. Um, And it's like, it's kind of like he saved up all of his good writing to use it in the 50th. Because <laughs> this episode is, is, I would say that it's every bit as good as his ep- his episodes, the episodes that he wrote uh, when he when it was under Russell T Davies' uh, reign. And nowadays, nowadays you get like, uh, you, you, I think I'd say Mark Gaddis is probably one of the best writers that they have on staff, uh, which you know, is kind of good because he also wrote uh, the. Um, documentary film thing it's not really a documentary it's more of a, a re uh dramatization of the uh first uh the the, the story of uh, you know the creation of doctor who uh, which we'll talk about it uh in in, in, a mo- in a minute and then there's the whole 3d thing did you did you obviously didn't watch it in 3d because you watched it yeah uh, yeah i watched it at home on my tv my non-3d tv yeah yeah um, I'm pretty sure they didn't actually broadcast it in TV. Oh, sorry, in 3D on three, they didn't broadcast it in 3D on TV. It's a bit confusing that sentence. The 3D stuff, it seems, was saved for uh, for the cinemas because uh, there was they didn't just do the simulcast on various networks around the world, but they did they did a cinema release as well. There were several cinemas around Australia, I believe, that did it. I know that Dendi was doing it in their cinemas. I think Hoyt's also did it as well. I, I'm pretty sure, at least at least around here in, in, in the Wollongong area, both Hoyt's and Event Cinemas. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously not all their locations, but at least some of them around here did it. Right. So, like, there's a whole bunch of cinemas that were actually doing this as well. And the screening in the cinemas was 3D. That's where they did the 3D stuff. And I didn't get to see it in 3D on the Sunday, obviously, because... You know, I was stuck out in... Well, I wasn't stuck, but I was out in the bush uh, in the middle of nowhere. There was not a cinema anywhere close. <laughs> and so, you know, we uh, we went and saw it on Wednesday because the Dendy here had a, had a screening on the Wednesday uh, at the cinema. So that was... Uh, so we went and saw that. I have to say, like, out of all... Like, you know, I, I've complained about 3D before and I've said, I think in an episode, a couple... You know, a couple of weeks back, maybe two or three weeks back, how you shouldn't ever go and see a movie that's uh, that's converted to 3D because they're a waste of time and money. Mm-hmm. Um, I still stand by that. Doctor Who was filmed in 3D and it was really, really good. Like they put it to use uh, very well. There was uh, there was a little introduction beforehand uh, with well, first of all, they had Strax, and Strax is the uh, Sontaran dude with the you know the egg shaped head. Yes, um, who becomes um, a nurse, doesn't he? Yeah, he becomes a nurse. Um, so they had a little moment with him where he was telling you to you know turn off your phones and stuff like that, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know to you know keep the noise to to a minimum. You know, very it was very uh, 
it was very Strax esque, and um, they also had a uh, they also had a little introduction from Matt Smith and David Tennant, uh, which in which they you know basically introduced the uh, screening, I guess, and you know went through the whole transition from two D to three D, um, which was probably a lot more fun on the actual release date because I reckon that a lot more fans would have gotten into it, whereas they didn't really happen in our cinema, <laughs> uh, in the screening that I was in. And so it was, it was kind of a little bit, it was kind of a little bit, everybody was looking at it, just kind of watching it rather than actually, you know, taking part, which was, it, which was designed for, you know, for. And I bet they were just, and then I bet they, they were uh, ashamed of themselves when David Tennant stepped out of the screen. <laughs> and he was actually in this, no. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so, you know, there was that whole thing and they kind of, you know, they did that and they waved the sonic screwdriver in that around, uh, you know, sticking it out of the screen and stuff like that, doing that sort of thing. But then the actual episode was was really good in 3D because, you know, the whole paintings thing, when I watched it in the two, like on just on the television, you only really notice that the, t- the the paintings are 3D when they actually do the pan. So there's a whole thing where, you know, where Clara comes up and she's like, how is that possible? And you've already seen the painting by this point, but you can't actually tell that it's, you just, it just looks like a painting. Right. And, and then they do the, the, they do, they do a pan so that as she walks closer to it and you kind of see everything move in it and, it, and you realize that it's 3D. Right. You could actually slightly tell that it was 3D in the cinema before they did the, the like if you were if you were paying attention you would have seen that okay um and so you know, there was, i mean there was that but obviously there was other stuff and it was just really nice to have that sense of depth and it it did add a little bit to the to the uh to the feel made it feel that little bit more special i guess as opposed to a a regular episode of of uh, doctor who mm, mm, mm. Mm-hmm. what was what was your favorite moment in in that in that special uh, I think it was. I, I think it was when Clara opened the door, and she was like, "It it wasn't ah, locked yes. <laughs> in the in the prison." Yes, yeah. nice. Yes, I love the I love the interaction between uh, between Tennant and Smith, uh, between those two doctors. Yeah, um, yeah. The, there's there's the kind of good natured name calling, I guess, where <laughs> you know, with sand shoes and 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 this sort of thing, like. Um, and they carry that through. Like I, I think they they carry that through, and they carried it through into the little uh, pre-opening clip uh, as well. Mm. And so you know they had the they had this moment where uh, where you know Matt Smith is about to turn on the three D, and uh, just as he kind of waves his sonic screwdriver around, it switches him with with David Tennant, and he basically says, "Look, I just want to warn you, you know, because of the chin." <laughs> and so obviously he's poking fun at Matt Smith, and that you know, this, and they and they kind of do that, and that whole thing is is uh, it, like it carries through, and it's and it's great, and obviously they you know they they get along in in that kind of way, and it's I think it's I think it was uh really really good, and it was really nice to see Tennant again, although kind of a little weird, I don't know why it just it was just kind of a little weird. I, yeah. I think it's because when. When we last saw Tenet, like they made it very, very emotional and final. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so it's it's difficult to go. Oh well, I've 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 cut off that part of my life, and now you've reopened it. <laughs> you know. Yes, I still I have that that wound has been reopened, and I I did like that little the little moment that he has before he steps back into the TARDIS for the last time again. Yeah. Again, and uh, <laughs> and you know it has has a little line of uh, I don't want to go because you know obviously that was that was a play on when he did actually go and he said that he didn't want to go, mm. um, right like immediately before his regeneration. I think it was a I think it was a really nice touch, and obviously we we've got you know we're going to have something similar with with Matt Smith in the in the not too distant future, so hopefully hopefully that will be just as uh, as touching and heart wrenching as it, as it will be. Well, I, I I don't think it will though. I'll, I'll point out I still don't like Matt Smith as much. Look, that's okay. You're allowed. You're allowed to do. You're you know, allowed to have. Your I think I think they'll make me sad if they bring back Amy and Rory and then have them leave again. Then then I'll I'll be you know heartbroken. See, I was thinking the other day. I, I was when we were coming home uh, from from the screening at the cinema. I said to like I turned into Mel. I just said, look. 
Well, I didn't really turn. I was driving, so that was that would have been awkward. So I let go. Uh, I let go of the wheel. I looked out the back. I let, I let go of the wheel, and I just crossed my arms, and I just looked at Mel, and I I I stared longingly, and no, I I I said to Mel, look, I reckon, like, I reckon Clara is probably one of the better companions that we've had since they brought back Doctor Who. I reckon she's probably better than than Rose. Obviously, Rose holds a very deep special place for a lot of people because you know she was the first companion on the you know on the return she was around for a million seasons million seasons she was there for a few seasons she obviously is you know special but i reckon that clara is probably one of the best companions that we've had and by far better than amy pond and i didn't have any complaints about amy pond a lot of like some people that i knew didn't like amy pond at all and i'm not one of those people I loved um I loved the adventures with with Amy and Rory. They were they were great and they were great companions. But Clara brings it to a whole le- whole new level. She's really like it's and I think it's mostly because she's really sure of herself. She's really she doesn't need the doctor, but she likes to be there, if right. that makes sense. And I think that's really important. And I love that about about her character because it just makes her so much more interesting because she she almost has has a one up on the doctor which kind of comes through in this particular episode i guess because you know there's the whole moment with, that she has with with uh john hurt's doctor at you know towards the end where she uh, approaches him and talks to him about how he doesn't like his eyes are younger and all that sort of stuff she almost knows the doctor knows more about the doctor than the doctor knows I guess if that makes sense. So it's, I think she, I think she's probably my favorite companion so far. Oh, I don't know. Okay, let's put it this way: I think she's much better than um, Donna. Okay, I'm just going to point out that the only good thing that Donna brought to the show was her was her granddad. Wilfred. Yes, yes. He was he was by far. He's probably my second favorite now because definitely clara is great but he is really like he he was only there for like two or three episodes in total and i just kind of wish that they would bring him back and just have <laughs> him have him for ages yes like as a regular companion i agree maybe maybe the next next doctor it will be like it they'll switch switch it around so then it'll it'll be a ginger woman and they'll have him come on as <laughs> <laughs> well see i i was I still wish, I still wish that they'd ended that season where they were doing the whole thing with who is Clara, who is she, and I wish they'd ended that with, oh my god, she is actually like the doctor, we didn't just didn't know it all this time, and for some reason she had forgotten, I guess maybe because of the pocket watch thing that yeah, they did yeah, yeah. A few, with, with when Tennant was on, uh, that would have been amazing, like I would, I still wish that they had done that, but obviously that's not how it worked out, and... You know, at least we have her as a companion. I really hope that she sticks around even after uh, Matt Smith goes. Yeah. Well, do you know what? I and I think this is probably part of it, the reason why maybe maybe why you like it. I don't know, or, or maybe I'm just coming up with good good excuses for you. Um, when it was Amy and Rory, it was very it was the episodes were very much about Amy and Rory and not about the Doctor yeah. because I think yeah. their characters were a lot stronger. Like they carried the show more than Matt Smith did, or at least more than it was written for. And I think with Clara, yeah. it's at least written a little more where it's Doctor Who with Clara, as opposed to it's Amy and Rory with the Doctor. You know? Yeah, I kind of see where you're coming at. I wouldn't say that they're stronger characters because I think that I think that Clara has has a lot more to her than Amy and Rory did, but. Amy and Rory, the whole thing with Amy and Rory was about, it was about Amy and Rory. It was kind of not so much about either character as it was about the two of them and yeah. their, you know, their emotional journey as a couple, if you, you know, want to talk in that sort of uh, language. That definitely was, you know, that was the kind of crux of all of the episodes about them because you've got all the stuff about, you know, before the mar- the, the wedding. And so there was a the whole thing where she was, you know, trying to escape the red wedding. And there was a the whole thing where, you know, she f- she forgot him and stuff like that. And then there was the whole thing where they got, you know, uh, they, you know, they, the doctor disappeared for a while and they, you know, seemed to have broken up and 
then they had to get get them back together and stuff like that. Like it was very much about their their them as a couple. Whereas, and, and so I think their characters probably uh, were. I, I, I guess the character the character of each individual was not as strong as it could be because well I mean you've got to build the the the, the relationship not, right not necessarily the characters whereas Clara is definitely a better character because she's not re- like at no point has she been reliant on another character other than the doctor and even then it's not like a you know oh my god, I'm in love with the Doctor or anything like that that you've seen from a lot of the other ones, like, for instance, Rose and Martha. Um, and then there's not the kind of with thing with Donna where they flipped it the other way and was like, oh, okay, our last two companions have you know fallen in love with the Doctor, so now we're going to have one that is always, is all like, ew, I don't want to fall in love with the Doctor. Yell, yell, yell. Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and so Clara kind of is our first one who is who is just she's just her right she's just a character like there is no there is nothing else to her other than the fact that you know she saved the doctor and all that sort of stuff like she's have got all that kind of character journey that she's had uh, and I think that I, I I really do think that she's the best the best companion that we've had okay other than other than Wilfred all right I I have a way to make it even better okay, okay. I, I got it. so it'll be a, it'll be another dual companion. Okay. But it it'll be Donna's dad. Yeah. And Rory's dad. I'd watch that. Yeah. Yeah. Why can't we just have a spin-off? We'll just have a spin like screw Torchwood, right? And, and it would We'll just have a spin-off and it'll be it'll be Amy's dad and and uh sorry, Rory's dad and and uh and Donna's dad and they will just they'll go on adventures together. And and the name of the show could be Who Dad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, good. Good, good, yep, good. See, we come up with all the good TV shows. Yeah. I don't know why they. I don't know why they. Yeah. They never make them. It's. Uh, it's. It boggles my mind. <laughs> <laughs> but with, of course, a special appearance by Don Cheadle. Of course. Yeah. Well, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Look. Um. Now, there's a, there's a few things that I wanted to the point point on uh, to touch on about the the, the special because um, for starters. We we've talked about this before because we mentioned that they were going to be uh, simulcasting it across the world, and uh, it turns out that they won that they got a, a Guinness World Record for it. It set the world record for the largest ever simulcast of a TV drama. It's a very specific record. Oh, they always are. Have you have you ever read opened up the Guinness World Book of Records yeah. because they are super specific. I guess so that you know you, somebody else can come along and set a record that's kind of similar but not the same. Yeah. Well, I, I want to know: is is there a TV comedy that had a larger um, cast than than that? I don't know. Because actually, I don't know. I wonder if it's it's possible to find that out on the internet. I think they probably specific made it this specific because the the Olympics and stuff are not a TV drama, but they're a TV. Like they're a television event, I guess. Right. Um, that is probably maybe larger. I don't know. Anyway, I don't see anything online, but I'm a, I'm just looking at the one page on on Google, and there's nothing there. I would say there probably isn't, but maybe there will be someday in the future. Right. Everything that I'm getting, everything I'm getting back for this search is like Doctor Who. Yeah. Is about Doctor <laughs> Who. Uh, because it's just completely. Uh, you know, uh, not even paying attention to the fact that I wrote comedy instead of drama, but I like it, it went to ninety four countries. Like that's that's nothing small. And uh, you know, there was a huge turnout. Uh, I think you know, especially in Australia, like there was you know there was hundreds of thousands of people tuned in Australia on for the for the simulcast uh, uh, airing, and then even like and then maybe like nearly twice that for the for the later one. Uh, it was it was like nine hundred and something thousand for the for the second one at night at like seven thirty p.m. and um, like it just shows like how big Doctor Who is at the moment. It's it's huge, yeah, huge. And then and then right, you that's just the TV stuff. Then you add in the whole thing where people went and saw it at the cinema, and it wasn't just cinemas here in Australia that were doing it, but there were cinemas. Uh, in the UK and in the US that were doing it as well. And did you know that it was uh, that on the Saturday or Sunday or whatever day it was, 
uh, in the US. It was second only to the Hunger Games. I did know that, but only because I read it in the show notes before you said it. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, they had a huge box office success, I guess, as well. Uh, It made $10 million in three days, uh, which, you know, it's that's not huge when you, you know, think about, like, other movies that are made, you know, which cost more than that to make. But this is, you know, this is huge, and uh, hopefully they, they'll put this all back into Doctor Who, and uh, and we'll get more better special effects for upcoming episodes, upcoming seasons. That's true. Ten million dollars is a lot of money. Yeah, I wish I wish I could make ten ten million dollars in three days. Like that's impressive. I, I wish I didn't even have to make it. Someone would just give it to me. <laughs> well, maybe if you ask them nicely, they'll they'll uh, they'll share it with if, you. If I, if I write a letter to Doctor Who, yeah, yeah, you you can try that. Well, uh, you, you let me know how it goes. Okay. <laughs> so there was also, like I mentioned before, there was the uh, the dramatized version of the you know the the events surrounding the creation of Doctor Who, um, which I watched this afternoon actually, and I think it was really interesting. Um, I'm not a documentary guy, and this was to be fair, this wasn't a documentary. It wasn't a you know there was there wasn't the whole thing where you know, people sit around and. Yeah, so I remember when they did this and this and that near, and, and this guy said to me, you know, he said, "Oh, you're such a great no, that that sort of stuff." Was that supposed to be your British accent? Because it sounded really, yeah, no. really like <laughs> outback Australian. Like, well, yeah, no, it wasn't my British accent. It was just, it was just, a, it was just a, a voice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, old sport. <laughs> um, <laughs> No, it was it was like dramatized. So it was it was written like a it was written like a movie, uh, and and dramatized. It had a few uh, faces that I recognized in it from from other television shows, uh, but specifically it started starred David Bradley, uh, who you will probably know as uh, Filch from Harry Potter. Yes, and we've talked about his involvement in this before. He played William Hartnell um, in in the episode, and it was. I dare say it was amazing. Um, it was like you, you, you kind of, you kind of uh, watch it and you see how much, like how much of him was in the character that, that he portrayed, and it was, I was touching as all heck. Like I, like yeah, it was, it was very, very sweet. And there was a little moment right at the end. I'm not going to spoil you for it, but there was a little moment right at the end that was just kind of. Like there were no words, no words, and it was just like, oh my god, I'm, I might not, I might need to cry now. <laughs> um, I didn't cry. Just going to point that out because I'm manly. I'm a manly man. Yeah, none of us so believe you. None of us. I didn't cry, but I wanted to on the inside. I was crying on the inside. So it was, it was a really good episode. Um, a really good like TV movie. I would one hundred percent suggest that if you want if you are interested in doctor who at all at all for any reason this is something that you really should watch because this is like 50 years ago they didn't they had no idea what was how big the show was gonna uh, end up being and this is a really good portrayal of uh of the events that you know that led to the thing that we all know and love today absolutely yeah amazing blown away you should you should definitely watch it well, I'll add that to my to-do list. I'll make sure to watch that soon. For those of you who have iTunes and who love iTunes as much as I do, I'm sure everybody, all of you, all of you should love iTunes as much as I do. Uh, iTunes, and this is how I this is how I got my hands on all of it. Um, iTunes has a season pass available for the 50th anniversary stuff. It includes the Day of the Doctor uh, in high def. It includes an adventure in space and time, also in high def. Uh, it includes a whole bunch of other little uh, interview type things like there are 10 15 different videos that are available a lot of them are around the hour log mark so there's you know you're getting plenty for it uh for 30 bucks on itunes uh it's available in australia and the us and i'm sure it's probably available in other countries as well uh probably all the countries that it was simulcast to um and also that also have itunes very worth it i'll put a link for that in the show that's notes. good and then but but don't don't get it now wait until you're done Listen, Gus, and then then go get it. Right. Well, no. What you should do is you should go on iTunes and and buy it now, 
and probably set it up so that it downloads to your machine or whatever now. And then when we're done, when you finish watch listening to Jelly and Bean, then it'll be all ready for you and you can just start. That's true. Why haven't you done this, Bean, already? Like, you should be, pl- should be prepared for this, man. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm doing it right now. You hear that? That's me typing. I'm looking up everything. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> your, your typing sounds a lot like you tapping the table with your fingers. Well, do you know what? It's just like when you're watching a movie and you, see, you hear some, someone get hit by something. They're not literally getting... That's not the noise you're hearing. It's, it's somebody... Uh, was that a foley oh. artist who's sitting there like you know squishing up grapes to get that whatever sound effect you want to get that's what i'm doing oh I I'm, see. I'm making us so like the movies you're squishing up grapes <laughs> that's exactly right <laughs> <laughs> right 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 so um yeah all in all i i really liked the doctor who episode that we 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 got on the weekend i really liked the uh i really liked the uh dramatization uh, that we got, which was written by Matt Gaddis. Um, it was probably some of the best writing that we've had in recent Doctor Who uh, events. And, you know, it makes me makes me happy. Happy on the inside. Although I'm kind of sad that now we've got basically one episode left with Matt Smith in it. And uh, then we'll be going to the new guy. Capaldi. Yeah, Peter Capaldi. Capaldi. And uh, I'm sure he will be amazing as well. Um, I'm just, you know, I will. Kind of, I'm kind of gonna miss Matt Smith. He, he has, he has his moments of of gravitas, and I think, uh, yeah, I did just pull out the word gravitas. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you did you pull it out of your gravitas? <laughs> <laughs> no, he has his moments, and uh, and uh, that like, yeah. Especially, especially um, some of the moments that he had in in this weekend's stuff, it was uh, it was outrageous, outrageously good. Well, Jelly, just think when they did the hundredth anniversary, they'll bring him in twelve D. What in twelve D? <laughs> yeah, sorry, that's a joke. That's a joke from the from the pre pre show thing at the thing because he 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 welcomes everybody to the hundredth anniversary in twelve D, and then somebody comes on screen and says. <laughs> in his ear because that's how you whisper on tv right um you don't actually say anything that's worthwhile or even intelligible and then they immediately understand what you're saying yeah somebody whispers in his ear and he kind of goes oh i'm sorry uh 3d that seems like a waste of money (laughs) (laughs) were there budget cuts yeah so um yeah that's where the joke was so so in other words in other words you made a joke reference to something that only you have seen no, I've seen it. Uh, other people have seen it. People that went and saw it in the cinema, which was obviously not you because you're not cool, uh, have seen it. So, eh. yep. That's my very mature reaction to to that to that claim. It's 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 what we've come to expect from you, Jelly. Yes, maturity. Yeah, exactly. Fully mature. Yeah. So. Let's talk something less exciting, because nothing nothing is really as exciting as Doctor Who. Nothing. You, you can't even. It doesn't even come yeah. close. Let's let's so just. We're, know, we might as well just pack up and go. Yeah, home. but but while we're packing we're, up, we, we're we can keep now. talking. Okay. Well, um, well, why not? So so Google has uh, applied for a patent, and we you know how much we love to talk about patents. It's exciting stuff. Patents are amazing. I wish that they would never go away, except that I do wish they would go away. And always go on, <laughs> go on. So the premise before we can get to this is that Google thinks they know enough about you to impersonate you. That is terrifying, but probably is, true, but probably somewhat true. Yes. So w- what this patent is, is for a service that would essentially allow them to, from all the information they have, generate tweets that sound like you. I'd like to see them try so for right now, what it's it's you're still involved in the process because it'll pop up and say, you know, we we have a tweet generator for you. Would you like to send this? And you know, it says things like, "I love me, my little ponies, jelly." And jelly would of course go, <laughs> "That's true, but I don't want anyone to know that. That's why I don't talk about that." <laughs> so he'd hit decline. But you know, if he was honest, he would hit 
accept and post it. I would never post such a thing because it's not true. <laughs> That's why I don't post it. I post plenty of things that are true and somewhat embarrassing. <laughs> I'm trying to think of something. <laughs> I don't really do anything embarrassing because I'm just not that kind of guy. Sure, sure. Well, you know what? Whatever you have to tell yourself to sleep at night, all right? <laughs> uh, no. I did, let, just, let's just get this straight. I, I'm not into My Little Pony. It's you who's into My Little Pony. We all know this because you're the one that keeps bringing it up, not us, not me. I'm, I'm, well, you know what? Now, now, now it's us. Jelly. So first, first it's a, it's it's a problem with My Little Pony, and now you're you're thinking you're a group when it's just you. <laughs> no, no, I'm ganging up with I'm ganging up with the listeners and uh, and ganging up against you because I think I think this needs to be dealt with. <laughs> this is a pony vention. <laughs> you look. It's okay for you to like My Little Pony, Brandon. You're allowed to like My Little Pony. We don't. You don't have to hide behind. Uh, you know, a fake hate hatred towards it, and a fake you know thing, and then projecting <laughs> your your likes onto other people. You don't have to do this, Brandon. It's it's, it's a safe place. This, this show is a safe place. You can talk about. I want it. you to be comfortable with yourself. <laughs> <laughs> the first step towards overcoming your problem is to admit that you have one. Yes, where are we? <laughs> <laughs> something about Google being able to impersonate you. Right. So that's there's not really much to that other than that. And at this point, it's just a pattern. So who knows where it's going to go from that. But I find that a bit odd. I find it terrifying. Like I said, it's the most terrifying thing at all. Uh, like, wait, was that even a sentence? It's the most terrifying thing ever. Ever. Ever, 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 ever I'm in. Um the whole idea that Google thinks that they can come up with, you know, tweets that sound like me is horrifying, Ho- horrifying and terrifying, horrifying, terrifying, <laughs> I don't know, uh, because it like, you know, there's a, it's not just like the content of your tweet because it's, it's not just about that, but it's, it's about like the words you use and the you know whether or not you use punctuation or capitalization i mean i don't i don't use capitalization and really i mean unless i accidentally do it <laughs> like well typically typically I accidentally I, punctuated that sentence correctly <laughs> <laughs> no capitalization capitalize oh, so i don't necessarily capitalize like any words I'm, i use capitalization as emphasis rather than as sentence structure so i don't like you know i don't use correct capitalization I'll use all lowercase. I, I just I want, want to point out like, for the listeners, you, you air quoted correct capitalization. Like it's like, I don't, I don't use the man's <laughs> version of correct capitalization. <laughs> Damn the man. Uh, yep. Um, I use my own English. Thank you. <laughs> Me so smart. <laughs> SMRT. Uh, yep. I... I only I use lowercase as as a standard, you know, unless I'm writing, you know, uh, stuff that's for, um, you know, stuff that's for professional purposes, like you know, emails to clients and stuff, stuff like that, because it might be a bit weird if I talk like I do on Twitter. <laughs> um, and I use capitalized words as as emphasis because you can't, you know, bold or italicize stuff. Right. So that's how I write, but. So in order to like in order to impersonate me, they don't just have to get like the content correct, but also the the actual, you know, the words that I would use and also the like the capitalization thing. Because otherwise it's just not gonna come across as me and they have to use things like you guys and woohoo and stuff like that in their yeah. tweet in the tweets well, that they create. Well let let's say we think that's possible and they can somehow manage to mimic us like our structure of how we write. I'm also interested in how they're going to come up with the actual content. Like, is it right. just going to be, it does, it checks Google news and says, Oh, there's a new Assassin's Creed coming out or there's new news. And it's just going to tweet from jelly Assassin's Creed. Woo. <laughs> Wait. So I could just subscribe. I could unsubscribe from all of my new stuff and I would basically could just follow my own Twitter <laughs> account and, uh, and it would tell me all the news that I'm interested in basically uh, in my own voice, and like I wouldn't have to like pay attention to anything else. 
suddenly all news is irrelevant because <laughs> I can just I can just have somebody tweeting about it on my behalf. Because Robo Jelly already knows. And Robo Jelly knows everything. Everything that I could possibly want to know. This is magical. Suddenly it's gone from being horrifying and terrifying <laughs> to being magical. <laughs> well, see, the issue with that, though, is that when you do find things out, like, say, there is a new Assassin's Creed account, and you go, oh, I want to tweet about that. And then you open it up and you go, oh, I already have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't really, I don't really know what the, uh, what the purpose behind this whole thing is, other than the fact that, oh, let's, you know, this sounds like a good idea. Let's patent it. It's, well, I mean, it's just like they don't, they don't have any actual plan to use it. And, well, I mean, let, let's hope not, because, I mean, this is horrifying enough. Uh, and Google needs to really needs to they really 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 need to stop doing creepy things um, because they're starting to become that they're, they're on the verge on the cusp of being that company that just does creepy stuff. Why would they want to be that? Like that's that's just horrifying. Like they're gonna like that's the sort of thing that eventually like something is going to happen. There is going to come a time where they do something that's just too creepy, and people will stop using them. Actually, here's the other thing that I that that made, I, I thought of when I saw this in the show notes. Um, tweets. Since when would I don't think Google's going to make tweets up for you? They're going to make up Google Plus posts for you. Yeah. Okay. So how, uh, social media interactions is what they'll do. How about that? AKA a, a, a Google yeah. Plus because they don't they don't care about any other social media. Yeah. Oh, I just want to point out though is is that the the application actually specifically says where. It mentioned some specifics as to where it's getting the data from. Oh, right. Now, obviously, we already know everywhere because it's Google, but it specifically says email, SMS, social networks, and other systems. Right. So, in other words, despite the fact that they keep saying that they're not, Google is actually looking through emails and uh, is apparently doing stuff that is more than just, uh, let's find some keywords and provide some ads. That's still very creepy. Yeah. Well, they're obviously increasing the intelligence of our future robot overlords. Indeed. So, last Friday, I went to something called NS Camp. And uh, this isn't a story about NS Camp. This is a story about something that happened just before we left to go to NS Camp. And uh, one of the hosts from Mobile Couch, Ben, came to pick me up so we could uh, drive there. And he gets in the door and he sits down on the couch as, as I'm having some breakfast. And he turns to me and says... This is 8.30 in the morning, by the way, Friday morning. Have you got the Xbox One yet? And I'm like, it's only like, it hasn't even actually been launched yet. <laughs> you know, it's still only 8.30 in the morning. You know, today's the day. How am I supposed to have gotten one yet? Come on, man. But Friday, Friday was the launch of the Xbox One. And so it came a week after the PlayStation. And yeah, exciting stuff. Have you got one yet? No, I don't. And and I think it's because there's just no games that I want to get at the moment. Yeah, I mean, we talked and about I, that last I week. I can't see myself. And, uh, yeah. That's probably... I, 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 I feel very much the same. I don't feel like there's any games that I want yet. Uh, I mean, I think Assassin's Creed has been released now, but uh, like I said last week, it's still going to be out on 360, so I'm just going to play it there. Uh, now, speaking of games, there's something I don't think we actually mentioned when we talk about the PlayStation 4 is that that release date did not include Australia mm. when it, when we talked about it, which is funny because it doesn't release until by the time people are listening to this, it'll be today. Right. So they may just be getting it. But so, yeah, so technically in Australia, the Xbox released first, but in the US, it did not. But yeah, so, you know, I feel like this is, this is it's almost the same the all the same points that we, we talked about the PlayStation 4. So they said they sold about a million consoles in in that first yeah, day. No, pretty much no, the same as no, the PlayStation 4. Right. See, here's the difference, right? Um, PlayStation said that they sold one million consoles in the US alone. Xbox, Microsoft came out and said that they sold more than one million copies, consoles, worldwide. Right. So not the same at all. It's not something that you can really compare because we don't know how many sold outside of the outside of the US for PlayStation. Maybe they only sold five consoles outside of the US, and so it was roughly a million worldwide anyway. You know, <laughs> <laughs> a million and five. And then also, there's the whole thing that we don't know how many of that million was sold inside the US. We only know what the 
worldwide numbers are. Hard to tell. However, what we can take away from this is the sales are good. And uh, it's clear that, you know, that that Microsoft, that the Xbox One is is going to do well and that people are excited about it, despite all the nonsense that went on beforehand with, uh, you know, changing their minds about stuff and, uh, you know, the things that were originally going to be part of the console, but that were ripped out of it and all that sort of stuff, you know, despite all of that, the sales are still good. People are still interested in it. Uh, It seems to have been Microsoft's biggest console launch yet. Which you know, granted, this is only their third ones, but you know <laughs> that's uh, that's still impressive, right? And you know, like you said last week about PlayStation, it's a long-term game. These consoles are going to last for six, seven, maybe eight years, maybe longer, depending on how this generation goes. I dare say this is probably a good sign for Microsoft. But that being said, I think that you know, I think the PlayStation probably did better, uh, given that their million was inside the con. Uh, inside the US, uh, I keep trying to say continental US, but that's a whole different meaning. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a good thing, but I think the PlayStation is probably going to be the the winner here because you know their console sales were a million inside the US. Don't really know outside the US, but I dare say it'll be it'll be more than five, <laughs> um, <laughs> seven and a half. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd like to buy half a PlayStation 4, it was, please. Uh, it was probably... I'd say that it might not be in the millions, but it'll definitely be in the hundreds of thousands. And, you know, that's that's not something to be sneezed at. I dare say that out of all the consoles, the PlayStation is probably going to be the best in this particular round at this stage, unless something changes in the future, which may or may not. I'd say we're looking at PlayStation as being the winner. <laughs> Of the console wars. launch, well, yeah, wars well, or launch. Well, wars in this particular generation, at least. Okay. Mm. Well, also like PlayStation, uh, the Xbox had a bit of a hardware issue. Of course, it did. Yes, yes. Um, apparently, some of the disk drives made a bunch of noise and didn't actually read the discs. One of my three sixties had that issue. My first one. Well, my second one technically, because my first one died because of the Red Ring of Death. And I sent it back, and then they sent me back the Xbox. And so so I could te- technically consider that my second. It had the same issue. I had problems with the disk drive. Eventually, it just stopped working. So I had to buy, buy a new one. So I have two Xboxes now. It doesn't work. You should buy 358 more. Why? So then you can have 360 360s. Uh, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, so again, no no specific numbers for this. They, you know, of course, Microsoft's going to say very small number of Xbox One customers, but it's it's the same same situation. It's it's what what you expect when you're you're manufacturing a bunch of stuff and sending it out. Yeah. Just like I'm sure there's when they release new iPhones, there's probably a bunch of issues, you know, that people have, but it it's, you know, f- f- what was it? 4.04 percent is what the playstation 4 was like that's yeah it was so small that's not that's not a large amount mm. and, I'm, and i'm sure the microsoft's the xbox one's problem is you know probably going to be the same somewhere around the same percentage like i don't think it's going to be as prevalent as the red ring was yeah no i don't i don't think we'll ever see something like the red ring of death again uh especially from microsoft because they well they surely they learn their lesson from that right yeah well one, um, one can only one hope. of the things i've seen recently is is uh you know the sites where they open up the devices and show you what's inside that kind of stuff right well one one of the things they said about the xbox is that like you know yeah it's got, got all these parts but it's also got a lot of empty space for everything to breathe essentially so yeah, that yeah you don't end up with things melting like what caused the red ring yeah they don't want something like that again. They want it even less than the consumers want it, right? Yeah. Because, because to consumers, it's a pain. It's a pain. But to Microsoft, it's it's just another nail in their coffin. And eventually, there's going to be enough of those that they'll never be able to recover from it. Um, so they want to stay as far away from that sort of uh, prevalent issue as they can. Right. Um, 
So, you know, the next the next thing we've got to look for is good, solid games that are exclusive to, you know, a, a platform. Although I don't know that there's going to be a whole lot in this round, I don't think. But eventually I'll get an Xbox. Eventually there'll be games where I think uh, it's, you know, it's worthwhile upgrading to the Xbox One. But this is not the time, you know. I'm glad that they've got good sales and that it's looking strong for them because otherwise there's every likelihood that games would start not coming out on it, which would, you know, be a terrible thing. But it doesn't look like that is going to be the case. And uh, it looks like Xbox is going to live. So I'm happy. I'm a happy camper. And I think happy camping is a good place to place for us to leave. Well, camping is bad. I hate camping. However, being happy is a good thing. So mm. we can leave it with that. So guys, if you would like to read about any of the stuff that we've talked about today, uh, Doctor Who, Google being super creepy, or the Xbox One, uh, we'll put all the links in the show notes and uh, you can you know go there and uh, read slash watch slash read them. Jellyandbean.co forward slash 53. And all the show notes will be there magically. Magically. Now, if you'd like to get in contact with us, you, what you need to do is you send us an email. Uh, you go to jellyandbean.co forward slash contact. And there's a web form there, which you fill out. And uh, you write us a story about how much you loved the Doctor Who special on the weekend. Or maybe how much you hated it. Who knows? You'd know. So you should send us an email so that we know, so that we can share in your experiences. And to do that, you just fill out the form and, yeah. uh, and we'll, we'll, what? Yeah, well, I'll say, well, I mean, if they write back and say they didn't like it, we'll, of course, block them from ever listening. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. it, it's nice, that, it's nice that they feel comfortable enough that they'll be honest with us. Yeah. Oh, look, no, that we just want them to be honest so that we can, well, basically, what we want to do is you tell us about your stuff. And then we can impersonate you on the social media. Okay? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. So, if you want to get in touch with us individually, you can do that on Twitter. Uh, Brandon Bean is Brandroid Attack. B-R-A-N-D-R-O-I-D-A-T-T-A-C-K. And I am Jelly Bean Soup. Guys, this is our final regular scheduled episode for the year. Uh, never fear. Never fear. We've got two specials coming up. Uh, before the end of the year, there's uh, there's a Star Wars special in a couple of weeks' time, and uh, there's also a, a, a special where we're going to look at upcoming movies uh, a couple of weeks after that. So, guys, make sure that you tune in, because you know, there's still going to be plenty of Jelly and Bean, and then we'll be back with our regular schedule uh, next year, early next year in January. Uh, but until then, until then, we uh, we you know we'll miss you, and we look forward to uh, to being able to talk to you again then. Uh, so, uh, you guys have a good uh, have a good holidays, and uh, we will we will see you in the new year. Until then, bye. bye.